0: in the vast landscape of personal transformation every individual's journey is unique filled with diverse experiences struggles and triumphs recognizing the power of storytelling as a catalyst for growth and connection a journal club emerges as a vibrant space for people to gather share and inspire one another along their transformative paths welcome to the Pond journal club a space where participants bring their narratives to life weaving together the threads of their personal journeys. The club serves as a platform where individuals can openly express their emotions, reflect on their challenges, and celebrate their achievements. It is a space where vulnerability is embraced and participants find solace in knowing that they are not alone in their transformations. The purpose of this journal club extends beyond mere storytelling. It fosters a sense of community, providing a supportive network for individuals who share similar aspirations and experiences. By actively participating in the club, participants create connections and forge meaningful relationships based on empathy, understanding, and shared growth. As members take turns sharing their stories, the journal club becomes a wellspring of inspiration. Each perspective serves as a source of motivation, offering valuable lessons, insights, and strategies for overcoming obstacles pursuing personal growth. Ultimately, the live journal club serves as a formative catalyst empowering individuals to embrace their stories and take ownership of their personal growth. It cultivates a safe and nurturing space where narratives intertwine fostering empathy, encouragement, and the unwavering belief that everyone has the potential to grow, evolve, and find fulfillment in their transformational journeys.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Brian Westley and I'll start he, him, pronoun. And my wellness score is I'm going to say a seven. I'm currently at a conference, at a leadership uh, retreat, training, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm the only person of color, only male in the room. And I just feel good about representation. Uh, It lets me know that the work that I'm doing, I need to keep on doing it. And so I feel inspired and empowered and making some connections and so I'm going to say that I'm a seven and I'm going to pass it on. And I'm so excited about having our guests on here today from As Told by Millennials podcast, find them on IG, Apple Music, Spotify, and I'm going to pass it on to them to give them them their introductions, uh, their name, pronouns, and wellness
2: score. My name is Milton. Um, my pronouns are he him And I would say that my wellness score is a six today. And I would give it a six because I'm just coming out of some things that have been going on in life as far as breathing and all of that sort of thing. And I'm just learning about myself as I go through this process.
3: My name is Dale. I am one of the co-hosts of As Told By Millennials. My pronouns are he and him. And my wellness score, I would say, would be a seven. Even though things are not perfect on my end, it's just the fact that I'm still getting through it that I believe that I'm really doing better than what I I think I am. So that's mine. Well, greetings. My name is David. I am
4: one third of as told by millennials as well. My pronouns are he, him. My wellness score, I would say maybe a seven. I give it a seven because it's just a lot of moving parts going on right now. I'm traveling, I'm getting ready to finish up uh, some things uh, at work and getting ready to start some new things with uh my phd program so there's just a lot of things going on but i'm here and i'm great love it
1: love it love it milk uh, to we definitely holds space for you and your grieving and everything I definitely hold space for you with that did mm-hmm. you introduce yourself, mail i don't remember uncle lou
0: my wellness score for today i would say is about a seven as well i um, woke up this morning feeling really great Got to sleep in a little bit had some good conversations earlier and it's happy
1: Wonderful. So we're gonna
0: move on to the next
1: thing, and what we like to do here, y'all, we like to do these little lightning poll questions just to set the tone for the discussion. So we're gonna let Uncle Lou pull those up, and you can ask to them. They should pop up in the chat. So the first one: This is June and Father's Day just passed. What are the best words to describe your father?
0: All right. So right now we got four responses: tenacious, charismatic, outgoing, and. Dr-
1: oh, tenacious. Who said tenacious? Oh, I
0: did.
2: Oh, now wait a minute.
1: Now, how did the person give an answer? I
0: <laughs> don't know what he put.
1: I so Dad and dad and Melvin is tenacious.
0: Why did you? I would. That? I would definitely say tenacious because definitely grew up in humble beginnings. One of his favorite things to say is he didn't have running water until he was about five years old and just faced many different challenges growing up in rural northeast mississippi but one day he said hey i know that this is what i see but more out there as long as i can get more than what i've ever dreamed that's the case
2: nilton what did you say i said driven okay and i said driven because As long as I can remember, my father has been very driven toward whatever goal and whatever whatever he has on his horizon that he's trying to achieve. It hasn't always been a good thing. It has always been good for his relationships and his children. But I do admire the fact that he is very determined to reach and attain whatever it is he's going after. Sometimes as being in the, the brunt of whatever decision that he's making is having to deal with it because you're not on level playing field with your parents at certain points in your life. You just have to deal with the repercussions of his decisions and it hadn't always been easy it and always been good it hadn't always been comfortable, but I do admire the fact that he's able to really to push himself and strive for whatever goal that he has and not just Give up on himself because of other people or other responsibilities and stuff like that. So I do think that there's it's like a double edged sword. I think there's good and there's it, but I, I admire him for that. Dale, who
1: did you choose first, my dad?
3: So I chose my stepdad, which is my father that raised me, and I put dependable. And I know when you hear that word, you think about most of the, a lot of people think about like financially helping you and stuff like that, but with him, I believe my dad is dependable in many more ways than just financial. He's always there to support you. He's always there to give me like love and like guidance on things that I don't have no clue about. So it's like when I feel like I don't, like if I need a male figure in my life, I need some type of advice, I always go to him and he's always there to steer me in some type of direction where I can lead, go to an a area where I am more successful or where I'm looking to go to. I chose the word friend.
4: Just very recently, I have found myself in a place to where I'm able to be a little bit more of myself with my father. Uh, growing up, I allowed my sexuality to create a wedge between who I could be with my father and who he expected me to be, keeping me from building the type of relationship that I wanted with him. and. The older that I have gotten, I have allowed myself to just be a little bit more free and allow his love to come in and show me the person that he really is and not me creating a roadmap of who I thought he was.
1: Oh, David, David, we got to talk offline about that. That was very personal to me. They hit us. And I also recommend if you'd like to read this book, Don't Cry From Me by Daniel Black. It's a letter from a father to his son after he's dying of cancer, explaining to the son why he loved him the way he did and why he was the way he was. And you get to see the father's upbringing and, and all the things that influenced the father's love and the father's shame. So it was just having a queer side. of just difficult for him. So I would definitely recommend you read that. I forgot what my next poll question was, but I have a... This is just a bonus poll question real quick for, uh, the three co-hosts of Ask Told by Melvin. Y'all heard the answers that your co-host gave. Do you see parallels in them and the words that they described their father?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. To the T completely agree. Yeah.
4: Okay. Okay.
1: I would say for Melvin, all I know everybody on here for Melvin. but I definitely say that Melvin is very tenacious. Maven has done things that I, what he went to school for and what he's doing. College, I forget. he's always doing something new, something different. I'm like, what you doing? You doing what now? I teach, who? teaching the what? So yeah, very tenacious, doesn't give up very easily. All right. So the next question is, okay. What, which best describes your ability to embrace change? Got like highly adaptable, always eager for new experiences. Comfortable with change and willing to embrace it when necessary, open minded and flexible, but may require a little time to adjust to the change, prefer stability and continuity, but I'll adapt to change when required or resistant to change and find it challenging to embrace new experiences. All right, so I want to start with the person who's highly adaptable because who are you? Who's highly adaptable?
3: <laughs> that would be
0: I. Yeah, for you.
3: I don't know what's wrong with their neck, but they need to get it feet. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You, this is your story.
2: It's your story. Yeah. So you go and, and, and you yeah. tell it that, there.
3: Tell it. I feel like I'm highly adaptable because I think out of the three of us, I think I'm more quick to uproot and change stuff at the drop of a dime than others. I just find a way, even though it could be like a look, even though Milton seen me have a spiral, out of, like I spiraled out of control a little bit one day on him, but it was, I still feel like I'm highly adaptable. I always try to find a way to make each change as like smooth sailing as possible.
1: Uncle Lou, are you comfortable with change and willing to embrace it with ne- with necessary? You already know. I knew it. I knew that was them. I knew that was him. But for the rest of us, David, Nielsen, and myself, I am open-minded and flexible, but you got to give me some time. Because when you first tell me, I'm going to bitch a little bit. And I'm going to ask questions, because why are we changing it? Was something wrong? I didn't see a problem with it. So I'm going to adjust. I just need a little time. Just give me a little time. I see Milton gave me an amen, David.
4: I completely agree. And I I think that initially my own plan comes to it into account when somebody gives me a change. And so I definitely want to see how it aligns with where I think we should go as opposed to (laughs) that change.
1: Yeah. And it's not that I think I'm the, I'm the smartest person in the room and that my idea is the best one, but I've already thought mine through and I've made all of my plans based on what we're doing. Now you're me something new and I'm the only child. So maybe they've been something to do with it too. Fine. That could be Fine. it. That could be it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to move on. Thank y'all for that. That's going to be a nice segue into our discussion. And today we're going to talk about the significance of transition. Life is full of changes, whether we want them or not, whether some of us are highly adaptable, like Denzel, uh, or the rest of us who are like, listen, what? We changed it, what? Either way, changes are coming. And so I feel like this perfect group to talk about this topic with, because I know them personally, and I know that they've had to navigate the transition. And so to start off, I want to talk about why transitions are important and pose the question, Post the question. How do transitions challenge our comfort zone and how do they provide opportunities for learning and change? So how do they challenge our comfort zone and in what ways have they provided you with learning and change? And i open the floor to anybody you. wants to answer. Okay. Hey, go ahead, Uncle Lou.
0: Yeah, no. So I saw this post on Instagram, like maybe about a week or two ago, where it was talking about in order to be the person that you want to become, you need to change your environment till you fit into it. And it was just showing this image of a dot in a circle. And then it showed the image of that same dot, but within a square, but eventually it became that square. And so for me, think about just any kind of like we're talking about the seasons of like moments of transformation really seems like only have to make that initiative to say this is what the change that I want to become but you always have to do that jumping off point and jumping off point is always a change because beforehand your feet were on the ground settled to wherever you were so whether it's starting program, taking on a new job, moving to a new city, there's always going to be some type of change and transition. So being able to, I guess you could say, be adaptable to it is just one of those things that coincides in my mind.
1: I like what you said about changing your environment until you fit in. Because a lot of times we will conform or we'll insist on remaining somewhere. Instead of just going on and moving on, so I, I like what you said about that. Yeah, yeah. Milka,
2: I, I like what Uncle Lou said about that too, about changing your environment. And I know I am one person who is not at first very eager to change, especially if I don't see anything wrong with what we're doing or don't see anything with what's going on in my life. But I feel like the more you grow, the more you have to change. The more you, the older you get, the more you mature as you move into different parts of your life. You have to change, and you have to transition out of what was once comfortable into something that's uncomfortable, just to get better, just to get better at life. This is, all of it is just a learning process. You don't wake up one day and just have life all figured out. I feel like transitions are necessary to get better at life. And I like the fact, I can speak for me personally. I like the fact that as I transitioned in the last couple of years of life into New educational programs, new jobs, new everything that I have learned a lot about myself. I've learned that I'm a lot more adaptable than I thought I was. I've learned to rely on skills and talents that I didn't realize I had because they had just been lying dormant. I wasn't using them because I had gotten so comfortable in the situation that I was and there was no reason to bring them out and exploit them because I was capable of doing what I was doing without even trying really. I feel like people's resistance to transitions and their wanting to just stay the same really does a disservice to themselves because you don't allow yourself to grow. You don't allow yourself to get better. You don't allow uh, yourself the opportunity to rise to whatever occasion may come. David, I'm interested
1: to, and I could even say, I'm interested, David, to hear, because you, like Milton, which careers. And so David worked in insurance, I believe. Uh, when I met David, he worked in my local vitamin store and sold me my first diffuser and recommended my fragrances in my apartment. But now he's an educator who has finished working on a PhD. Like, how did that transition? What was that like for you in your comfort zone? And like, how would you say, in what way would you say it changed you most?
4: If you can imagine the most uncomfortable time in your life, that's what it feels like. And and like you said, I've made many transitions following where I felt like God was trying to get me to go. And of course, I put my own little dibble and dabble in there. And I never was fulfilled in any of those other aspects of my life. And I struggled in those aspects of my life until I found my niche, until I found where I would be most helpful to people. I always wanted to help people. As you can remember, if you came to the vitamin store, there wasn't a vitamin in there that I did not know, that I could not tell you about, to do whatever it is you wanted to do. And the same in insurance. When I moved to insurance, I knew that realm of insurance with my eyes closed. And the same goes for education. I think that you have to be in line and in tune with your spiritual self in order to know when your time is up. We go through so many transitions in life, and if you're not ready, you get left behind. And once you get left behind and you finally move into that transition, you're like, this is what I missed out on by not moving when it was time to move. And if you're not adaptable to change, you will miss out on so many amazing aspects of life. You'll miss out on amazing people. And I think that when you have to ask the most questions, you can be sure that is a good change. And it's a feeling a lot of, most times we ignore those feelings because we have our own personal whatever to say about it. But when you feel the most uncomfortable, that is a sure sign that it is time to make that move.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Danzaia, who is highly adaptable, who we need to learn from.
3: I now, for me growing up and seeing the people in my family making decisions and being at jobs and stuff that were pretty good jobs, but. They didn't have that many choices. They didn't have that ability to change and stuff like that. So they just stayed in one area, one job and all that stuff. And that was one thing I was, I, I would look at it and I was like, hey, they look like they're trapped. And I made sure growing up that I wasn't going to be in that position. I made sure that I didn't have anything. If I wanted to get up and move, nothing was holding me back. And with working with my first job, which was a major auto manufacturer, I worked there for eight years and I was like you all, I don't like change when well, I went into that job. I don't like change. Tell me what I'm supposed to do and let me do my thing, get out of my way. But with that position that I had, it was constant changes. It was the motto of the company was to always improve. Nothing was too good to not be improved. Learning there for eight years, I got it in my head. to. Okay, this is good, whatever I'm doing, but there's always a step above that I want to do. I stayed at that job for eight years and I found myself in a situation where I felt trapped. I'm just, I'm going to be here. So one day I just end up, pulled the trigger, came out here with David and, you know, changed up a lot of things and it felt good. And now to the point where I get bored really easy when stuff started to become the same. So. I like change. I like, no. You know, ex- I like the excitement where change comes, as long as it's a good change, I like the excitement from it. Like, okay, get up, I have a adventure. like what's today's journey going to be like, what I'm going to learn today or whatnot. And it's been like that. All of my changes I can say have been like kind of good changes and I never experienced a change that kind of was like rocky a little bit, so in that stage right now where this is like one of the first changes that that i had that's kind of throw put like some little roadblocks in the road for me so i'm learning now how to adapt to that move around that stuff and keep pushing and not just stop still be excited about changes it's just that these are not the changes that i'm normally used to so you just got to learn to adapt with it you just find out how what can you do and what you can't do and focus on what you can do and learn what you can't do.
1: That's definitely a good skier, Denzel. I'm a school counselor by trade. So I always tell my kids, especially at the elementary, I would have a little con- circle of control and i said, what's in here that you can control? What's in here that you can't control? But so what's out here, girl, we can't worry about that. We have to worry about what we can control and focus on those things. So that's a, a skill, skill. I'm trying to control this right now, but we can't control it. Okay. But you ain't got to control. this 5 o'clock
0: somewhere. Exactly. And uh, one, one thing that you mentioned that I really loved um, was talking about that privilege to be able to do change. And one of the things that I'm curious about is from your perspective, what was that privilege that allowed you to make the changes that you did? Because like you said, you were mentioned working at that organization for about eight years. Like you could have felt stuck in your own self and be like, oh, I can't leave because this is a steady job or this and that. Like, what gave you that privilege to be, to say, hey, I can make this change?
3: For me, it was a struggle at first because as we all do, like when we have an issue, some of the first people we go to advice, for advice is like our parents or people that are further along in life than we are. On certain (laughs) things, I mean, like, I mean, I'm like they're hard workers, so I get there. I, I ask for their opinion on certain things, but I know where to cut it off it. I got, they was getting me, where well, they were putting their ideas on me, and I had to fight against that at first. That was one of the things that I had to get over, and once I made that change, there was, like, it was tough. I had no, you no. Know, I waited till everything was done. Like, lease was up, and I saved my money, and... I had to be like more determined than anybody else to make this work. I know a, a lot of people are not going, they're going to change up or do something like that, but I got to stay true to who I am. And, uh, is it going to be rough? Yeah, it might be rough, but I had to build up the courage in myself to just push myself to keep going. And I didn't know what was headed, I was headed for. I did not know. <laughs> I was scared. Like I was, me and my brother are like the first people to actually like move outside of the state from my family. so. I didn't know exactly where we were going, like, what I was going to do. But the privilege of it was, like, just not having any kids, nothing to holding me to back. I was financially able to make them move and stuff like that. But just seeing, having the, growing up with the privilege of seeing my parents and, like, the, seeing what, being, like, seeing a person being stuck in a situation, like, a job that they don't like, I saw that firsthand. So I knew that was something that I didn't want for myself. And I always kept it back in the back of my head. And I still do got it in the back of my head. I could leave a job tomorrow. Never know that. Danzel, yes.
1: You brought up a point. Where you talked talking about your mom and stuff, your family. I think it's so important for us to realize who we're having conversations with and what roles they play in our lives. So y'all have to come back next month. We'll be talking about relational intelligence. Because that's, that's what we're going to talk about next month. Uncle, you may not know. I found out yesterday when I was driving down to the coast. I love it. Because everybody doesn't need to hear the dream because I'm like that. So my family, they are they're successful people. They are good people. But we are very different. They are yeah. not risk takers. They are very much realists. They, you get this job. I got it. I hate it. I'm going to stay there 30 yep. years I can retire. And that's not me. I yep. have had 20 jobs almost. And I, if, if you don't like it, you try something else. If something else comes along, you, and I also believe, to piggyback on what David said earlier about his vitamin shop and helping people. David, I, I'm churchy. I believe that our purpose is derived of a series of yeses. It's not just one yes. And we get purpose and role confused sometimes. So David's purpose, I'm, just, I'm not saying this is isn't purpose, but just say his purpose is to help people the role I married me was at the vitamin shop. He helped me there. And his next role was in insurance where he helped people. Now he's in education where he's helping right? people. So sometimes, and this kind of leads us to our next question, which is mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. overcoming resistance to change. Because a lot of people, they, they face resistance when they embrace embracing change. I think a lot of times it's because they tie their identity mm-hmm. into their job or yeah. their and their families and their churches and their communities. And so it makes them not want to change. And so a lot of times people get purpose and roles could be, uh, so again, with David, he's had these three different roles that I've known he's him to have, but each role he's helped people. I started my career as a 911 dispatcher and then ended up now as a school counselor. Yeah, Mr. Milton, remember, <laughs> yes, I did. My first real job was a 911 dispatcher. I became a teacher. I became a school counselor. Everything I've done has really given me a good foundation for the next job. But it's because I say yes every time God moved me to another position. I say yes. And we have to be willing to be like Denzel and highly adaptable so that we walk this out on those those foundational skills. With all that being said, talk about resistance to change. I want to hear from y'all. And I think I'm going to start with Denzel. What are some common reasons?
3: people resist change, and how can
1: they overcome those?
3: (laughs) I feel like a lot of people um, resist change because they don't have that inner uh, self-confidence that they can do or succeed whatever that they're doing. I think sometimes it has to do with your environment. Sometimes your environment can beat you down to the point where you don't think you can do certain things, and that's when you have to just really separate yourself from everything and figure out what you want to do and do what you want to do and without no outside interference. Sometimes you have to really plan in secret. I I like to do that, plan in secret, because sometimes when you just tell a lot of things, that can open up the door for people to deter you from doing certain things that you want to do. A lot of people are just comfortable, too comfortable to the point. And that's another thing I don't like being, I don't want to ever find myself, I'm too comfortable because at the blink of an eye, something could change and you don't know how to deal with it. So with change, you can, like, you're like you ready. Like, you know, something can pop off, you're ready. You might not be like prepared, like I got this and take care of this though. You have the mind frame, like, okay, this is what I need. This is what I need to go do and to get to the point where you need to be. But a lot of people, I feel like environments and self-confidence. I feel like every graduate from high school once they graduate from high school, they need to get out of their hometown. Not saying that your hometown is not productive, not saying that your hometown is like a bad place, but you need to get in a place where you have to lean on yourself and go off your own vision with no outside interference and just see what you can do to show yourself what you're capable of. Sometimes when you're around your family in that comfort zone, you, just, you don't pull that, that certain strength out of you because you're in your comfort zone. How long was it after high school before you moved? I left for college. I, we graduated that Friday. I was gone by next Tuesday. I was ready to go. I went to summer school. I was ready to go.
0: No, I like what he just said there because I don't know if you heard this or not earlier, Brian, like Seattle. And I was saying how, like, a place where I had a lot of fun, but Seattle is a place where I became a man. And, like, part of that is because outside of that comfort zone, like they were talking about, like, literally being in a space where I'm. More than 24 hours of a car ride away from my parents like knowing that it's gonna be an eight hour plane ride knowing that literally anything can pop off and i don't have friends family or whatever because i don't know anybody in this new space and for me it's really allowed me to expand who i am as an individual and then also be able to better understand and define i am who i am as well and through that, that's been able to help me navigate change a little bit better because some things you just can't control.
1: What was that process, Melvin, for you, on again and defining who you are as a man? What did what did that entail? What did it? Yeah. Uh,
0: so it, for me, it was it came from a question that my father asked me when I turned thirty. He said. Melvin, now that you're turning 30 or that you're 30, what do you want your life to be like? Do you want it to be the same that you've done for the last 10 years? Do you want to take it to the next level? And I did some, took some time to reflect back about what my 20s looked like and did that align with my core values? Did that align with who I wanted 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old Melvin to look like? And for that, Realize I had to make some changes. And some of those changes were easy. Some of those changes weren't. And for a process, I would say, I think for me, I was headed in one direction and I had to take a right turn really fast. And when you take a turn really fast, or even when you're like slowing down to do it, you still got to turn that wheel a bit. And for me, that was the... That was me fighting against my own past behavior that created that resistance. And once I let go of that, it was smooth sailing. Yeah.
1: Getting away of our own selves. Like what Denzel said about the self confidence, which was my issue, Denzel, about the completely vulnerable. That was my issue with resisting change. It was the self, the lack of self confidence. And I do this. David and Milton, I'm interested to hear y'all's answer on why people resist change and what they can do or what you've done to embrace the transitions and change?
4: I think there is a realization that comes with every season of life. And I can just remember from a very young age, my mother told me, she said, wherever you go, there will be an assignment. She said, I don't care if you're going to the grocery store or if you're going to a new job. She said, there is an assignment there for you. And I remember growing up and I never, it took me a while to understand what that meant and a lot of people don't know, but I moved to Dallas the first time and I failed or I felt like I failed and I was not being very adaptive to the changes that were being presented to me. And I scattered, I moved back to Mississippi. And once I moved back to Mississippi, I instantly regretted that change. Um, because I felt like I had given up on myself or I had shunned away from the challenges that were being presented to me. When I moved back to Dallas in 20, end of 2017, first of 2018, I hit the ground running. So many of those cha- those same challenges presented themselves again. And so Milson and I talk about all the time how you have to complete that challenge. You can go to Mexico, You can go to New York, when you get there, that challenge is going to be there. And until you make those adjustments to get to that next level in life, those challenges aren't going to go anywhere. They're yours to accomplish. And I don't care what you do. They're going to be knocking at your door when you wake up in the morning. And I just feel for me, it was more so about understanding that i that those challenges were meant for me they're meant for me to overcome so that i can be the person that i'm praying to be and be the person that i want to be and i remember and people always laugh at me when i talk about prayer and talking with the holy spirit but i remember saying why be like why does do i have to deal with these things and the holy spirit spoke to me and they said i thought this is what you wanted to be these are the things that you asked me for in your prayers. These are the things you asked me for in your day-to-day maneuvering throughout life, and it's just this is this is what you wanted. And like I said, me and them had this conversation the other day. It's like you you ask for these things, and then you get them, and then you don't know what to do with them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, David, I feel like I just feel like singing the verse. Time is filled with swift transitions. Not down on earth, a move can stand. Build your hope and save eternal and hold
4: to God's unchanging, unchanging,
1: unchanging, unchanging hand. hand that's, that's it. it oh that's what I just oh, that that was absolutely and what your <laughs> mama said get to know David what, and what your mom said about there's always going to be an assignment
4: and then what it, you said
1: the assignment doesn't go away
4: it doesn't go away keep putting it on all you're doing is moving it to the back of the line. And and as soon as you think you got away with it, here it comes. It
1: comes again because yeah. it's your purpose. And, and we talked about last month on the Journal Club that purpose is the answer to a problem. So when God gives us purpose, it's the answer to a problem. And if we don't fulfill our purposes, if we're not uh, highly adaptable by like Dale, if we don't go to the assignments like David, somebody's problem isn't going to get solved. Or, some one problem in the world won't be solved because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Milton, are you awake? I'm here.
1: Okay. I know my hymn, I know my hymn took you out, but
2: I always, even on our show, I always love how David is so spiritual and I love that about him. And I love how I am just, can we kind of, I love how I'm just a fucking even. I'll be on the other end of whatever David is talking about. And I, I do have my spiritual level, but I'm usually on the other end. Let's use that. But anyway, I, for me personally, I can say that mine came out of a fear of failure because I was always good at what I did. I was always succeeding and, and making strides and being known, all of that type of stuff. And so mine just came out of a fear of failure, mostly. And then in, because I'm, my mind is such an analytical, logical, realist type of place. Like in my mind, the numbers just weren't adding up of me being here and wanting to get here, like the how hmm. of it all just wasn't balancing out in my head. And so I just never would make the transition. Cause David can tell you, as long as he'd known me, I wanted to be a nurse. I met David in 2011, 2009, 10, 11. Like somewhere back in there, as long as David has known me, i wanted to be a nurse. And, but the how, of how do I get from here to that just wasn't balancing in my head. And because that wasn't balancing in my head, in my mind, I translated that somewhere along this journey, there's going to be failures and I just can't deal with that. Like I just can't deal with the failures of it all. And it was just, it's just me and, and. Even with that, you have to learn, like to take your self because you are not, just because you fail to mean there's something wrong with you. People fail. It's human. You're human. Like you're not going to be outside of what is considered human because this is just what you want to do. Every time you reach for a goal, you're not just going to succeed because that's not how success works. And it's just it. But I didn't want to fail. And so I would put it off and put it off and put it off. And, and it did help that I was already in a very comfortable situation. Like a lot of people, I've heard several people say, are well, you making big money now? Well, I was making pretty good money where I were. So it wasn't that, it wasn't a driving force for me. There's a possibility to make more money as a nurse, but there were also possibilities to make more money doing what I was doing. I, I just like I wasn't chasing being a nurse. I wasn't chasing those possibilities either because it was I was there comfortable, cozy in my skin, but that's where it came from for me and It came to a point where the comfort of it all just wasn't enough. I knew that I could be doing more. I knew that I was capable of more. And I knew that what I was doing was not fulfilling. And then I felt like I was wasting time. And when I felt like I was wasting time, it really became a catalyst to do something with the time that I have left. Because It's not necessarily an overshare, but this is just like a weird vibe that I've always had about my life because I, I went through a lot when I was younger, like just a lot. And I've told Dave, I think I told Dave, I never thought I would live long. I never thought I would be 30. I never thought I would live to get to 30. So once I got here, I was like, I need to do something. I can't just be waiting for the end of it all. And so I was like, I need to do something. And that's when the fact that I wasn't comfortable, the fact that I didn't like where I was anymore became a catalyst to just go out and explore and And just do something because it didn't initially start with, I'm going back to school for nursing. It started with, let me change my environment because I was actually planning on moving to Dallas with David Denzel, maybe a couple of weeks before I got accepted into nursing school, but I don't care about you rolling your eyes, Denzel, but that was my plan. My plan was to move to Dallas. I had already moved out of my apartment. No, I had gotten rid of that and I was getting ready to move to Dallas and then I got accepted to nursing school and I was like, maybe that's not where I am yet. Maybe it's not my time to go to Dallas. So I went through with nursing school and I always, man I mean, David talked about it when he was going to get his master's degree and I was in nursing school. I would talk about how it wasn't easy, but it felt like I was in such the right place. And that's what made me feel like I had made the right decision because I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. It wasn't easy. It was very difficult, and there was a lot of resistance, not necessarily from my immediate circle, because David and Denzel and my parents and my family had always been very supportive. But there were just there was resistance from those individuals who had already occupied the space that I was trying to occupy. Because here in Mississippi, for sure, I don't know about everywhere else in the world, but here in Mississippi, for sure. Nursing is still a white woman's world. So there was already a lot of resistance from those individuals who occupied that space from being very welcoming and accepting of someone who looked like me, someone who spoke like me, someone with my experiences. So that was where I met resistance, but it was one of those decisions where I've come this far. So either you can open the door, or I'm going to kick it in. But yeah, my resistance to change came more so from myself and being those people who are already occupying the space that I was in. But it, there was just such a drive in me because I just didn't want to be where I was anymore. And I just, I just desperately wanted to be somewhere else and nothing was going to stop me from getting there.
1: Awful, I could really talk to them. Every time y'all say something, y'all maybe think of three other questions. But I've been kind of winding down. I do just want to ask one more question because I listened to particularly David and Milton. David, who is spiritual and talk about God and being the God force, and then Milton, who is on the other side, being a realist, analytical, logical thinker. I want to hear from each of y'all because there are people who are, who are going to listen who are going to be fit in either one of those categories. What is one something you would tell them regarding embracing change and transition based on you being an analytical person, Milton and David, you being like, not to say Milton doesn't have faith, but you being a faith risk taker and following your spiritual,
2: your spiritual guide. I can go first. I would say that you have to change. It's just an inevitable part of life. You have to change things that don't change, things that don't grow, they die and of course, I'm talking more figuratively than anything, but spiritually, emotionally, you will sit there and wither away because you're not being fed. There are no nutrients in whatever environment that you're in, that you're in. So you have to propel yourself to go forward and life's not about just getting to one place and staying there until you eventually physically die. That's not life. Life is meant to live and to thrive and to explore and all these things. So I would say you just have to change. You can either change or you can get drugged. You can willingly change or you can get drugged by the change. But life is going to go on. And if you're planning on being a participant in life and not just an observer or a spectator, like you're participating in things that are going on in your life, then you have to change. And I've I felt... And this is just me, probably because I, I'm controlling, but most people who are very analytical are controlling because we cannot see we're we're solution-based and we search for a solution. You should want to change because you should want to have at least that level of control over your own life. Like you, you have to take responsibility for the things that are happening in your life or the places that you want to go, especially if you have children. you have. I mean, there's so much that you have to take responsibility for and not just let things happen to you. I like that. Um, I think
4: that, I think for, you said Milton and I are on two separate ends. And I think that's very true, but I don't think that it doesn't mean that he's not hearing from God. I just think that God knows how to speak to him to get the desired results that he needs and uh, what. When I look back on myself, I, I I was one of those kids who, you know how your mom tell you, don't touch the stove, it's hot. I was one of those kids who had to get a little feel just to see, just to make sure it's hot. Because these people telling me that it it's hot, but I ain't really understanding what it is they talking about. But I had to touch the stove to make sure. And I think that when it comes down to change, you have to be in a space to bump your head a little bit. Because a lot of times, As I'm talking about being the kid who had to touch the stove, sometimes I had to bump my head in order to understand, or in order to get the bruise that would move me to where I needed to go. Because if you don't make me move, I'm so cool with just being in that comfortable space. And I think that when you have a desire to want more, you have to put yourself in a different position in order to receive that. And instantly just now went into the aspect of technology. When new technology comes out, I love technology. I want to be the person that, that gets it when it comes out. And, and it's the same thing. It's changed. You have to be adaptable to what's new, what's upcoming so that you don't get left behind and I think that your life is planned out to still be the person that you need to be in those changes because new generations are coming along and I still want to be impactful. Even to the old generations, we still have to find a way to bridge gaps between all of us because I don't want anybody to be left behind in this life. This life has so much to offer. And even on this platform, we come from so many different backgrounds and so many different makeups, but we all have the same goal. And that's to just be amazing people, bring as many people along as we can, and just be open to listen. Whoever you, whatever God you serve, whatever entity, that controls you. It is leading you in the way that you should go. Because I feel like we we all have common goals. We all want to get to the same place in the end. So just just listen to yourself, whether it be yourself or whatever your divine entity is, just listen. Be open to change and make it do what it do.
1: Make it do what it do. This has been such an amazing conversation and we don't like to end we like to end with a little mindful moment. Uh, so we're not going to close our eyes and do any deep breathing today. Um, uh, although that would be nice. I'm going to just use these cards I have, um, by this man, his name is Conn he has a podcast and a YouTube channel. Very dope guy. I do tarot cards. No, they're not tarot cards. I'm not quite, <laughs> I'm not quite into the to tarot cards. Uh, but I know,
2: that's what I see.
1: They're affirmation cards and I thought this one would be a nice ending to today's discussion. It says, clip your wings so a new set of wings can grow. Then the back it says, your old ways may not serve you in this new space. There are new heights to see, new views that stretch over the sea, a new way to simply be. So clip your wings so a new set of wings can grow. How about that? I like that too. I like that too, especially the part that says, Your old ways may not serve you in this new place.
2: Okay. And that's something I really could have dove into. We really could have dove into We something. really,
1: that's why we got to have a part two.
2: That's a word. I think we like, got to have you know. a
1: part two, Uncle Luke. I think that's a part two. two because what, I love it. Because old ways won't serve us in this new season. It won't serve us in the cool. new season. All right, y'all. This has been the end. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Y'all be sure y'all go and follow them. I'm not gonna try to spell millennials because I can write my words down.
3: But as
1: told by millennials, follow them on Instagram, Apple Music. The season one is just ended, so you have time before season two starts to go back and hear all the old episodes. You can catch up. You can find out with not Denzel decided to apply for that engineering program. We found all the answers on season two. So right now, go back and listen to season one. Please.
2: Please. That was used to. Used to. Yeah. Now, I just want to say for me and probably on behalf, on behalf of my co-hosts, thank you guys so much for having thank us. us. Thank you. This is really proud. We enjoyed the conversation and the opportunity to build community and network with you guys. Appreciate it. And as soon as we figure out, and I know Ryan, you said that they have time to go back and listen the scene. We've just been informed that we don't have much time because David is ready to start back before. They take so, it too long. Maybe so they, they take it too long. Maybe maybe in But next, next two weeks or so we're probably, yeah, to, we're, the three probably we're probably going to start back and we are definitely thinking about some things and the right opportunity and the right conversation to bring you guys all. I don't know. I know I'm thinking about some things that I have to discuss it. I'd have to discuss it with them. Be looking for an email.
0: Sounds good. And more than happy to have you for next month for the journal club. And we can have that part. Hey, absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you all. Thank y'all. In the tapestry of personal transformation, the pawn journal club weaves its threads with intention and purpose. Providing a dedicated space where individuals can embark on their transformative journeys with mindfulness and deliberation. By creating this nurturing environment, the club empowers participants to be intentional in their pursuit of growth, fostering a deeper connection with themselves and others. The purpose of the Pond Journal Club is to provide individuals with a dedicated space to be intentional in their engagement with their transformation journeys. It offers support, connection, and inspiration as participants share their stories, learn from one another, and foster community rooted in growth. Within the live sessions, individuals find solace and support as they navigate their transformations. They share their stories, vulnerabilities, and triumphs, knowing that they are met with understanding and empathy. Their shared experience cultivates a sense of community where members uplift and inspire one another, fostering an environment of collective growth. Want to participate in the next Journal Club? Register at dpkpodcast.com or watch live via YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash at the Pond Journal Club.